Welcome to Last Man Standing here with me, Paul Stevenson. Very glad to be with you here today. And uh, before I go on, if you can uh, do support us here at RBN, you can uh, do that. Uh, donate uh, toll free on 800-724-2719, extension 3. And if you go to the website, uh, Republic Broadcasting Network, uh, you can find the yellow donate button and the various options there uh, to donate. So I have been doing a, a two-part show uh, with Patrick Slattery. Uh, Patrick, thank you for uh, joining me here for my show today. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for doing my show for Friday. Okay, great. Well, let's just crack on. We were talking about this whole narrative of uh, the aggression towards Putin and Putin deciding that he's probably the plan will have to be to expand uh, westward sufficiently so that longer-range weapons that have been poured into Ukraine are uh, incapable of reaching Moscow. So he's talking about demilitarizing that zone um, sufficiently so that those longer-range weapons can't reach Moscow. And, of course, this is dangerous because it'll feed into this narrative that uh, Putin's on the march, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. See, we told you, because you've had... All this talk over here, for whatever reason, it could be just political. But there are political angles to it. Um, but, the, you know, the German defense minister has warned that uh, there could be war with Russia between in the next five and eight years, and the German people need to be prepared. The Dutch head of NATO's military co- uh, committee has uh, echoed those sentiments. And the British chief over here has warned that the, the UK needs to be prepared for subscription in the near future uh, and prepare for war. So while Putin has been consistent with his uh, security concerns with the expansion of NATO eastward and then these continuous pouring in of weapons into Ukraine, including increasingly you know, longer uh, range, uh, longer range missiles that can reach Russia, he's talking about p- pushing west and that this will be, um, um, you know, this this will demilitarize that western region of Ukraine. But as I say, this will feed into the, the narrative that the Russians are coming. In response to this, and also in response to the U.S. talking about uh, giving the U.K. more nuclear weapons here, um, one of the Russian MPs has said that uh, maybe it's time that uh, Russia, I have to say I agree with them, uh, puts uh, some, some weaponry and some nukes in Cuba again. Uh, his, Ale- Alexei Zurilev, Zurilev, he said Moscow should put nukes near the U.S. And really, when you think about it, when you when you when you consider the uh, how the the West would totally freak out over this, like they did before, well, this would demonstrate the double standard when you have Russia completely surrounded by uh, NATO nations uh, who who have nuclear weapons, and now they're talking about giving the U.K. more nuclear weapons. You know, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but. At some point, um, Russia's going to have to push back. They destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline. They've blown up one of their planes. I mean, they're constantly uh, provoking Russia. And Russia has been very, you know, showed great restraint in all of this. And, like, you know, has been very patient. But at some point, when are the Russians actually going to do something to, to put a stop to some of this Western aggression closer to home? You know, is that a possibility? I don't know. And, again, if it is, that'll be seen as evidence that the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, uh, when, you know, because the whole other side of the story always gets ignored, certainly in our mainstream media, although I think, you know, people are increasingly aware 
uh, with the with the internet that uh, there is a, a backstory to this, and there's two sides to this story, you know. But I, I just think the whole thing is very, very precarious and dangerous, you know. Well, okay, so they could put uh, nukes in in Cuba. I think even better, uh, Texas declare independence, and then they could put nukes in Texas and and try to bring Texas into the um, whatever the what is the security the 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 there's some sort of military alliance that they have with uh like Uzbekistan and uh Armenia or whatever there's they, there's some military alliance they have they could bring Texas into that or threat or threaten to then you'd have kind of a comparable situation uh at the the last show we were talking about Anthony Blinken we were talking about Victoria Newland uh now Anthony Blinken, as people know, is the Secretary of State, and in the second Obama term, he spent, uh, I think, most of that term, he was the Deputy Assistant, uh, I'm sorry, the Deputy Secretary of State, the number two person, John Kerry, who was half Jewish, was the number one person. Uh, Victoria Newland in, in the, um, had, had been the Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, that was her title. Uh, which put her in the second Obama term, uh, and that put her in charge of Ukrainian polit- uh, of Ukraine, uh, and, and that's why she is widely described as the engineer of the Maidan coup, so-called Maidan revolution. She was obviously her phone was uh, tapped, a cell phone call between her and and American ambassador Gregory Piat, uh, where she. From January, like a month before Yanukovych was forced out of office, uh, where she is, she and Piat are talking about who they want in the government, who they want in which position, and she got her way. And of course, there was other uh, published photos of her from two from December, two months before the uh, re- so-called revolution, where she and Kerry, and also. Um, Sassy Jen Psaki, who was the uh, Biden's first press secretary, she had the Sassy Jen Psaki was the spokeswoman for the State Department at the time, where the three of them and maybe another State Department official were meeting. And on the other side of the, ta- the table, who was there? It was uh, Petro Poroshenko, who became the president. It was uh, Yasini, uh, or yeah, Arseny Yasinyuk, who became the prime minister. And it was uh Vitali Klitschko who became the mayor of Kiev they were they they were meeting i mean so the idea that victoria newland and the state department were not behind the uh the the overthrow of viktor yanukovych is the idea, no it's it's absolutely clear they were so this is not just some sort of conspiracy theory and and uh now, we, have, we have the infamous phone uh, phone call where it was like screw the eu Yes, yeah, screw the EU. That was yeah, that was part of that same phone call where she was saying she wanted Yatsenyuk to be the uh, prime minister, and that she did did not want Klitschko, who was who was very po- popular amongst the um, anti-government protesters. She didn't want Klitschko in the central government. She wanted him in a position where he would be talking on a regular basis, but she didn't want him in the central government. So what does he wind up? He winds up as mayor of Kiev, which is the I guess the top position outside of the central government. So, you know, she got her way on this. 
Uh, and in the Biden administration, uh, Kerry was Kerry came in with what I, I guess is just like a part time job of uh, climate czar. Right. So he gets to he gets to fly around in a per, in a private jet all over the place whenever he feels like um, whenever he feels like it. And by the way, I, I have friends at the State Department and I know somebody who uh, says that when Kerry was the Kerry, uh, I'm not saying he's gay, but he's he Kerry is I think he was was he a, a self-described metrosexual which is like a, a very fastidious uh, is, is a man with with certain feminine characteristics that like loves shopping and things like that. And and so my acquaintance at the State Department said that Carrie, uh, whenever Carrie wanted to go shopping in um, in Paris, because he, you know, Carrie Carrie spoke French. His mother was Fr- was half French. His, you know, he carries only half Jewish. His father was a Jew and his mother was not a Jew and his mother was half French and Carrie uh, sp- speaks fluent French. He like he loves going shopping. So whenever he wanted to go shopping in Paris, they'd, they'd arrange some sort of of conference in, in Paris. And then his his shop, in other words, his shopping and skiing uh, uh, agenda uh, set the uh his state department schedule this is this is what i was told you know if he wanted to go skiing in in switzerland then they'd, they'd set up some some meeting in zurich or geneva or whatever anyway um uh, is that a surprise <laughs> but uh he's so he got moved over to climate czar and everybody else got promoted so you had uh blinken got promoted one step up to secretary of state wendy sherman who had been the number three per- person in the second term of Obama, got up, put up to number two, and Victoria Newland got moved into the number three slot. Well, Sherman retired last summer, so Victoria Newland is the acting deputy. She still has she still has her number three position. She's also the acting de- deputy secretary of state. So she's both the number two and the number three person. She's got she's got wearing she's doing two jobs right now. Or got two offices at the state department the second and third most prominent one so she's she's absolutely uh, like kind of a co-equal with uh blinken at this point and the, the the thing about blinken blinken's father was an ambassador to hungary uh who was involved in some of these negotiations blinken's father uh hosted the negotiations which were in budapest Hosted the new uh, negotiations between newly independent Ukraine and uh, and Russia on um, moving Ukraine's nuclear uh, weapons assets that it had inherited when the Soviet Union broke up, moving them to to Russia. Uh, so Blinken was born into a State Department family, and Blinken also is fluent in French. Victoria Newland. Who, by the way, I'm almost positive is only half Jewish. She's Jewish on her father's side, but she's very Jewish. She's very Jewish. She's married into the most Jewish, the most singular Jewish neocon fanatic family, the the Kagan family. She's married into that. So uh, nobody should feel any hesitancy to describe her as a Jew on a Jewish agenda. But you look at her, she's got blue eyes and uh, and her mother who wound up 
eventually i don't know if her mother had converted to judaism when she got married to newland's father um it, that that doesn't matter to me some people like if they want to say somebody's halakhically jewish or not it would matter um so you might get some some orthodox jew saying oh victoria newland's not jewish whatever but um yeah she's she's got blue eyes her mother had at some point divorced the, her father who, by the way, had spent like a year in a mental institution from de- for depression. There's a whole backstory there. If you want the backstory, uh, I think you can go to, I think I have this up at nationalbugle.com, uh, the YouTube video that that Gonzalo Lira made on, it's like 90 minutes long or maybe close to two hours long on Victoria Newland, which got him killed. Victoria Newland had him killed. You know, make no mistake about that. Victoria Newland is responsible for uh, Gonzalo Lira's torture and and death in a Ukrainian prison. But um, he goes into her whole backstory. Uh, But, you know, but her backstory includes her uh, studying Russian. So she's she's not a French speaker. She's a Russian speaker. And as as the top U.S. official who speaks Russian, she has been in charge of all this. So, you, you know, you wonder why she's got this. Well, she's she has been working on Ukraine for, for decades. She was the U.S. ambassador to NATO uh, in 2008 when they were trying to bring NATO, when they were trying to bring, first trying to bring U- Ukraine and, and Georgia into NATO. So she, she goes way back in this. And uh, when, and I have it on good authority, that when she was, uh, when the Maidan was happening, that Biden was over in her office on a regular basis. Um, I, I say I have it on good authority. This is what Professor Cohen was saying, uh, Stephen F. Cohen, that that uh, Obama had appointed Biden as the what uh, Cohen described as the Ukraine viceroy. So the vice president doesn't have a defined, a constitutionally defined uh, set of of duties. So the president just assigns whatever he feels like it. So. Uh, Biden has assigned Kamala Harris to be the border czar. She, she's she's in charge of the southern border. OK, well, well, Obama put Biden in charge of Ukraine and and Obama knows nothing about Ukraine. He has, has no no history. He knows no history. He knows no language, but he does know corruption. And so he got his his family members, uh, his son on the border, Burisma, for instance. And, the, and so he was just cashing in for his family. He was over there with Victoria Newland, and, and Victoria Newland was in a position where she could use Biden's authority to do whatever she wanted. So that's the backstory on that. I'll kick it back to you, Paul. Okay, well, let's uh, just let's just shift gears a little bit um, over to. Uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, if you know much about what is happening on your southern border because you've had this clash with. Um, the, the the federal government and the state of Texas, uh, what's it called there, the uh, Border Patrol Force or something, deciding to um, secure your border there uh, on the southern border. Do you know what the latest in that situation is? Well, so you had um, I, the, you've had the southern border, which has been, as you can go back as far as you want, it's it's been uh, very porous. Uh, the southern border there's four states that, that border Mexico. The border between um, California, Arizona, and New Mexico and the country of Mexico, those borders are straight lines through the desert. 
Sometimes they're diagonal, sometimes they're horizontal, but they're, they're straight lines determined by a surveyor. And, uh, you know, it's walking over a straight line, uh, unless there's a, uh, a man-made obstacle put up there, you just walk through the desert. Uh, so you've got that, but the bulk of the border is the Rio Grande river. And that's the, the border between Texas and Mexico. So there you do have a natural border. But the Rio Grande, you know, this is flowing through desert country. And so Rio Grande means big river in uh, or great river in in Spanish, but it's very shallow. And typically you can just wade across. It's like knee deep. Uh, So people just walk across the Rio Grande River. It's not like, you know, the Potomac River. When I once swam across the Potomac River, I don't know what I was thinking, and honestly, this this was I, I I'm not going to say anything, but it was before I stopped yeah, drinking. Okay. Are you an illegal immigrant yourself? Well, it was the Potomac, so I swam <laughs> from Virginia to D.C. Uh, it was before I stopped drinking, and actually, I, I will say I, I wanted to look at the Potomac, and I thought that like like I guess my eyesight wasn't quite right, and I thought that there was like a little creek I had to wade across. Because the Potomac has islands in it. You know, it's got some islands in it. And this was many, many years ago. And I was at a picnic, which I didn't particularly enjoy. And so I was just kind of wandering around. And so I thought I was, I thought I was going to wade across to, uh, to, to this little island. And I wound up, well, it was deeper than I thought. And I started swimming. I wound up swimming all the way across the river in my clothes. And I, I uh, emerged in Georgetown. So, um, and I don't remember the rest the blacked out or whatever not a good thing i'm not recommending it i'm not recommending it by the way uh, there are bridges and there's a subway and you can you can do that instead but um the rio grande no you wade across it it's it's not like other rivers it's not like the river thames or whatever you wade across it and so uh and and governor abbott in particular the thing about the other three um states California has got that straight line. Well, it's it's ruled by a Democrat, uh, uh, Governor uh, Gavin Hansom, and he doesn't care. And then the next state over is Arizona, and it is governed by a Democrat who won a supposedly, uh, apparently fake election. I, what's her name? Uh, something Hobbs, uh, Christine Hobbs or something like that. She re- to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high quality pasture-raised meats and even when they did it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now I'm not talking about the bottom of the barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free range or even cage free terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. 
I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. Something much wiser than me is screaming out. And it's so much bigger than me. It's screaming. And then the next state over is Arizona, and it is governed by a Democrat who won a supposedly, uh, apparently fake election. I, what's her name? Uh, something Hobbs. Uh, christine hobbs or something like that she ran against um uh christy lake is that her name uh who who the gateway pundit loves and is trying to meme her into being trump's running mate she was a newscaster and uh has refused to to concede the election but it's also arizona is also run by a democrat that doesn't really care and New Mexico, I don't know who the governor is, but I'm pre- New Mexico has a Hispanic majority, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's got a Democratic governor who doesn't care. But Abbott is a Republican, so Abbott's been under pressure to do something. And when Tucker Carlson had his show on Fox News, I remember at least twice he had Abbott on and raked him over the coals, saying, "Why aren't you doing anything? You could de- deploy the Texas National Guard to stop this." And Abbott was saying, well, I can't do it because of reasons, but also I'm already doing it, actually. I'm already, actually, I'm already doing everything you're saying. And, uh, you know, it's some 
BS um, word salad kind of answer, leaving Tucker um, with kind of a confused and unhappy look on his face saying, well, we'll you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. And so he's been under enormous pressure to do something. And he's, he's the first thing he's started doing, which was a totally retarded own the libs type of really typical um, conservative ink uh type of thing was to to take round up illegal immigrants put them on a bus and send them to con- to to cities that are um run by democrats so he's sending them to new york sending them to chicago sending them to washington dc oh and the bus would stop in front of kamala harris's mansion and they'd get out ooh he owned the libs well he was just he was just giving these people free bus rides to, to where they want to go. They want to go to New York. They want to go to Chicago. And he was just giving them free bus rides, but he was owning the libs. And, you know, you go to Chicago and I was in Chicago. I was in New York. I've been in both places uh, last month. I was in both cities and they are overrun with, with, uh, with illegal Im- immigrants. They're overrun. And how, how did that help anything? So that was, that was the first thing he did, which was retarded. And then the, the next thing he did was put up, um, uh, you know, in a swimming pool where you've got like floating, like a, a, a rope that's got floating devices on it and it divides the lanes that swimmers swim in, right? So yeah, yeah. he he was putting slightly larger version of that, so it you know the um, the float flotation devices might be say three feet in diameter, and he was putting that in the middle of the river. And uh, some lower court judge said, well, wait a minute, if you do that, some of these some of these uh, uh, immigrants who were or, you know, our future rocket scientists who are walking, waiting across the river, uh, they might try to uh, climb over them or go under them and drown. And so it's not safe for the it's not safe for the people you're trying to deter. So you can't do that. And of course, the thing is, he was only putting up like two miles them in two mile sections so anybody could just walk around them so he's doing all these ineffective things so then the latest thing was to put up the bar everybody knows this but to put up the barbed wire uh, or the razor wire uh and again you can clip through it you can try to crawl through it but uh the uh, lower court said well wait a minute this this is uh um this can hurt the people you're trying to deter it it, people might get cut and they might get a boo-boo and so the government took it to the, the federal government took it to the Supreme Court and and what they the Supreme Court ruled, which was a BS ruling. But still, all they ruled was that the federal government can uh, can remove can remove the wire. They, they didn't say that Texas can't put up the barbed wire, but that but that the federal government can remove the wire um, in order to uh, for for safety purposes, they can remove it. And so now we're it's kind of at, at a phase right now where we're waiting for the shoe to drop uh, because, OK, so sure, uh, the federal government can come in and clip away some wire. And, you know, if you've got uh, some m- migrant who is stuck in the wire, they can release them. They can do that. But there's nothing to stop uh, the Texas National Guard or or the Texas um, state police from putting up more. There's nothing to stop that. But the what we're waiting for is the, the the National Guard, which has been used to put up this wire, 
Biden could follow precedent that has been set and and federalize the um, the, the guard. So take the guard out of state control. And in, in cases of emergencies, he can he can put it directly under federal control. He can do that. And will he do it? And he hasn't done it yet. And it would it would be politically con- con- controversial at a time where uh, polls now have him down by like 10 points to Trump in in a five way race. You know, if you look at the, the polls that are two way races, they're always tighter. But most states are going to have other other options on the ballot. At this point, Biden's like 10 points behind. And so that's where we're at right now. Is he going to federalize it? Even if he federalizes the uh, uh, the National Guard, the Texas National tuned in to the republic broadcasting network visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company we have a solution for you simply clean foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the Rotating Sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? 
Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Biden's like 10 points behind. And so that's where we're at right now. Is he going to federalize it? Even if he federalizes the uh, uh, the National Guard, the Texas National Guard, there's a lot of other things that, that can happen. It really doesn't do that much. The, the Texas state police can still put up barbed wire. The immigrants are coming in anyway. They're coming in in record numbers anyway. So all sorts of things are happening. But but it has focused a huge amount of attention and this is what Donald Trump wants to run on. And um, there's more to say about it, but I've been talking for too long. So I, I kick it back to you, Paul. No, no, that's fine. Uh, that's interesting because, um, you know, at least it looks like there's uh, some sort of pushback on it. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what, what uh, how that materializes. Um, OK, over to the Middle East again. I don't. This is an interesting story. I don't know whether it's worth looking into in any, you know, uh, of any significance. But uh, the Biden administration has sanctioned uh, some of the Israeli settlers over, you know, some of this violence we were talking about, this uh, settler violence in the West Bank, where essentially Israelis seem to be able to do whatever they want, kill Palestinians, uh, you know, maim them, throw them out of their houses or whatever. Um, so you're having this expansion of, of settlements in the West Bank through violence, and the Biden administration has sanctioned um, these people and it's claiming it under, undermines peace and uh, it threatens the stability there and they want a, a Palestinian state. Is this mere rhetoric uh, or is, is this showing, uh, you know, a fracture of some description, like a, a tension between the United States and Israel? Um, it's sanctioned at this stage for Israeli settlers over West Bank violence. This, this is the administration doing, trying to do this delicate walking a fine line. Uh, they're 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 in a bind. This is an election year. Biden is down in the polls. Uh, does that mean that there won't be fake fakeness going on? Uh, oh, all sorts of things could happen. But if you look at at public opinion polls in all of the controversial states and all of there's there were six states that were uh, that, that were disputed between. Uh, Biden and Trump. The electoral votes were were disputed, and in five of them, Biden's way down. Pennsylvania, the Biden and and Trump are supposedly neck and neck. I don't know. 
um, you know, Pennsylvania elected a, a brain damaged senator. Uh, they, so maybe there's some sort of affinity for brain damage in Pennsylvania. I really don't know. But uh, so they're 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 in trouble. And on top of that, like, you know, you and I and most of the RBN audience, we are we don't like what's we're opposed to the, the, the this massive immigration over the border. We're opposed to is Israel uh, genociding the Palestinians, and we're also opposed to the <clears throat> the the war in Ukraine. Now, when you look at the population in general, <clears throat> if you looked at the people who uh, tell pollsters that they support Donald Trump, well, the the people who tell pollsters they support Donald Trump don't like they agree with us on the the border they don't like all these people coming over the border they tend to love israel okay and as far as ukraine goes um they were probably gung-ho for ukraine gung-ho for us uh fighting ukraine but think that joe biden is botched the job or whatever and we need donald trump in there to sort it out if you look at the yeah, they, I mean, that. but I'm just talking about that's the, the typical Trump voter. If you took a, look at the people who tell the pollsters they, they support Biden, uh, they they love the having these immigrants coming across. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're they're probably all for e- e- the Operation Ukraine. But a very large hunk of them, uh, the the bulk of these people oppose what Israel's doing. Because the bulk of the people who who say that they they support Joe Biden, uh, first of all, they're not white. There 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 are uh, whites who want to be very good people. They're virtue signally kind of whites, but then the rest are are non whites. And and the non whites they don't have this fetish for Israel. Uh, white people, white Christians in America have a fetish you, you can only describe it as a fetish it's this fetish for israel and it's yeah. very widespread yeah yeah i was going to yeah. say that well certainly the christian zionists do um but the christian zionists do but also like the the mainstream protestants do and the so the mainstream protestants not the not the no. uh evangelicals but the mainstream protestants they do too it's it's a little bit different it's it's uh it, it, they're they're involved in interfaith dialogue and whatnot, but yeah, they are too. Yeah, even when you hear people uh, like Doug, Douglas McGregor and stuff like that, you know, he he's he's been very outspoken and he's you know uh, on board with uh, being against what Israel's doing, but at the same time, you know, he would like to see Israel survive. And I think the main, you know, the main sort of Protestant line over there, or the people your demographic you're talking about, is like. You know, they're concerned. Uh, you know, that Israel, you know, is biting off more than it can chew, and it's it's not in its interest. It might end up re- resulting in its uh, um, annihilation, ultimately, and the collapse of that state. Uh, I, I I share no such concern. <laughs> you know, uh, um, it's not. It really, I really don't. Um, so. In fact, it was interesting. I heard Larry Johnson, and the the next day I saw whoever put that video up. It was immediately removed. But uh, Larry Johnson said that uh, he doesn't think that that state should exist. 
and that they've got what's coming to them and it needs to be dismantled. I was quite shocked to hear him say that. Um, but it, it, polls have been taken of uh, of Biden voters, of, of uh, say, young Democrats, young young people who identify as Democrats by something like like 50 percent of them uh, say that that Israel should be handed over to Hamas. OK, mm. and 20, 20 percent say no. And then I guess the remaining 30 percent are undecided uh, about whether Israel should be handed over to Hamas. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, the, the bulk of these people and the bulk of people in America could not find these places on a map. They don't know geographic. They don't know anything about it. Uh, so you're talking about people with extreme ignorance. But honestly, the longer this goes on, the worse it is for Israel, just like the longer it's gone on, the worse it is for Ukraine. The longer this goes on, the worse it is for Israel. So Israel has destroyed like 80 percent or so of the housing stock in in uh, Gaza. So the vast bulk of people in Gaza are now refugees. They can't they their their houses have been damaged and yeah. in many cases completely destroyed. So you've got that. Meanwhile, you've got 700,000 Israelis living, Jews, living illegally in uh, in the West Bank and East Jerusalem. And I I saw a uh, one of the major Jewish newspapers, probably Haaretz, saying that 30 percent of these people, 30 percent of these settlers have U.S. passports. Yeah, right people have a place to go honestly i really don't want them coming back to the united states i don't want them but uh these people they are illegal illegal aliens in the west bank and uh east jerusalem and i don't see any kind of resolution to this which doesn't set up a palestinian state at least on uh, with with sovereignty over gaza west bank and east jerusalem i mean that's a minimum that's a minimum that's going to result from this. And yeah. in this new sovereign state, these seven these seven hundred thousand Israelis live in housing uh, that that why wouldn't Gazan refugees just move into that? Because because they're not going to be allowed to stay. So you're going to have I mean, this is this is a minimum that Israel is going to lose um, Gaza. Well, I mean, it, Israel Israel's relationship with Gaza is weird. But it uses it as a, a prison camp. Uh, the West Bank and and East Jerusalem, it, they have been settling and they've been gobbling it up. Well, they're losing that. They'll, they're going to lose the Golan Heights, too. And uh, but will they lose anything else? What's going to come come of the rest of, of Israel? And to have somebody pretty prominent like Larry Johnson, a, a former CIA analyst, to have him come out and say, the same thing, you know, he's somebody with a lot of knowledge to say the same thing that these uh, geographically challenged, um, you know, young, young Democrats are saying. Uh, so this is a very precarious position for Israel. Netanyahu, uh, he he is. I, the thing is, they've been doing double or nothing. And when you think about it, if you do double or nothing over and over and over again, inevitably, you're going to wind up with nothing. And yeah. well, uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I can, 
I also in that interview, Johnson said, um, I mean, I, I think it's understandable because people are outraged when you see what's happening there. You know, he also said that he hopes that the Israelis do uh, go the full hog and provoke a war with Hezbollah because it'll end up in the, they'll be wiped out. Um, and I don't think he necessarily meant that he wanted uh, everybody in Israel to be to be you know slaughtered or wiped out, but that it ultimately result in the end of the Zionist project. Because, I mean, you know, it's it's only the Israelis, you know, while it's brought before the International Court of Justice for an ongoing genocide, can talk about their security uh, from a barbaric neighbor and invoke you know the the Holocaust. I mean. They, they they are constantly banging on about the Holocaust. You know, never again. Uh, uh, Netanyahu recently said in one of his speeches, "There's justification for everything." And like I said, only they can commit a genocide while talking about protecting themselves. You know, it's like it really is insane. You know, but they, they're they're outraged by everything and ashamed of nothing. Same with Zelensky. They've got no shame, you know. Uh, give us thanks for the fifty-eight billion. Can you send us more weapons? And by the way, stop giving these refugees money. Uh, send the money to me. It'll be more transparent. Um, but yeah, this idea—I mean, I've never really said too much about it. But you know, when people like, you know, I, I mean, I, I find the whole project of after two thousand years, you have this attempt. Uh, this unnatural attempt to, you know, invoke these sort of biblical passages, which have no merit, have no merit, they have no basis in in reality. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff on, you know, eschatology. The Christian Zionists have got no idea. Uh, they're so ignorant of biblical eschatology that there's no basis whatsoever. For the Jews being returned to that land, they're not in covenant with with, with God. They, uh, they, you know, and like they were in ancient times, they were thrown out of that land. If you believe Christian truths, because the final straw was that they they murdered Christ, and then as a judgment, God sent in the Romans, and that was the end of them. End of story. If Jesus had a new covenant, if you're in co- covenant with Christ, <coughs> then you're the spiritual Israel. So as a Christian, I resent them even using that name. But to, to me, it's just it's an absurdity. I mean, it, it, it's almost like sometimes I can I re, can I really believe that these little Jews are over there living in that land, thinking this is our land? I mean, it's this the ignorance. They're a bunch of morons, and it's such an unnatural construct. And when people say, "Well, Israel has the right to exist," well, to me, it's like it's a it's an, an unchallenged assertion, an assumption. Well, I mean, does it? Uh, who says? Well, certainly, they, while they claim to that they have a divine mandate uh, to 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 exist there, there is no such divine mandate. And and when you look at how that that uh, state came into existence, it came in through criminality, and it came in through terrorism, and it came in through violence and the forced displacement of people uh, of Palestinians, which is continuing today. Why does it have the right to exist? You know, it's a criminal state. It's a rogue, genocidal, extermination state, and it's continuing to do it, do it, to do it today right in, in front of the whole world watching. So, I, I mean, why does it have the right to exist? I mean, we're, we're, Jews seem to be doing pretty well before the state of Israel came, but of course, oh, they had the Holocaust, you see, so that, that's what justified it. But it, it, it's a really crazy, just an, I, I just find it's such an anomalous absurdity, really.
that you have these Jews. I mean, are they even connected to the ancient Israelites in any way? Uh, you know, like you're talking about building the, the third temple. I mean, it, the whole thing is just absolutely crazy. Um, Biden, by the way, has signed a broad executive order. Like you said, he's trying to walk this thin line. It's the same with our politicians over here. We've imported all these Muslims, and then we're supporting Israel. So it's, a, it's kind of a difficult – they're in a bind. But anyway, he signed a broad executive order saying the violence in the West Bank had reached, in quote, intolerable level, levels. I still think it does mark some kind of a strain. Uh, a, a kind of an aberration in the usual blind support, uh, you know, can do no wrong uh, support from America to Israel, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, when you, you look at it, uh, the Israelis have been doing kind of a double or nothing. They, they've they been pushing and pushing. They've never been satisfied with what they have. Uh, you know, you had the uh, UN partition plan, which gave Israel more land than it gave the Palestinians, even though there was like twice as many Palestinians there. And the Israelis were just very, for the most part, very recent uh, refugees from Europe. But uh, they they were recent. And they're in terms of ownership of land. uh, Their ownership of land was way less. Uh, And so the partition was unfair, but it was unfair on behalf of uh, in favor of the Jews. And even then. The, the Jews only uh, conditionally accepted it. Obviously, the, the, it was unfair and the, the uh, Palestinians were right to reject it. But the, even the Israelis only conditionally accepted it. And, and then they wound up fighting this war and, uh, you know, they were able to conquer about 78 percent of mandatory Palestine. So they had 78 percent. But did they stop there? They they weren't satisfied with that. And so they, you know, they capture more land in 67, which they said was a preemptive war. But there's no doubt that in 67 that the Jews started it. They said, oh, well, they were going to they were going to uh, start something. So we started it first. Well, here's the thing. If you look at the history, the um, the other parties, the Arabs have been willing to accept Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. 
Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plants. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Well, here's the thing. If you look at the history, the um, the other parties, the Arabs, have been willing to accept past losses in order to have a settlement. Uh, so the e- Egyptians, and the Egyptians were roundly criticized for this in, in the Arab world, and they were expelled from the Arab League for a, a number of decades. Uh, but the, the Egyptians entered into a, a peace treaty with um, Israel, where they they got the Sinai back, which had been captured, but it was conditional, and they weren't allowed to move um, uh, their own military, you know, the restrictions on, on what they could do with the land and things like that. But they got that back, and Sadat and Mubarak, and uh, the when Mubarak was overthrown, the Muslim Brotherhood guy whose name, Morsi, Morsi, and then now General Sisi, Every, everybody, all the Egyptians have abided by it. So just, and, and you know, Jordan also signed a, a peace treaty. Uh, but Israel never wanted to give up this, the Golan Heights. So it's, it's had war nonstop. It could have, it could have had a, a peace with, uh, with Syria if it had, had given back the Golan Heights, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't give back land. And it, and it's never, you know, you hear about in the 1990s, the, uh, the generous, uh, the generous deal that was uh, offered to Yasser Arafat by Clinton and and um, uh, Barack, Ehud Barak, but wait, that the, that Arafat rejected. But when you look at it, it wasn't giving it wasn't giving them a state. It wasn't giving them the uh, 
Gaza, the West Bank, and East Jerusalem, which is, uh, according to UN Resolution 242, what has to happen, uh, Israel was going to retain control over the borders. It was going to retain control over the water resources, over the airspace. It was was not a generous, and and over settlements, it was not a generous deal. The Israelis, if they had, Israelis could have had a viable state with, with, um, uh, peaceful relations with its neighbors. Yeah, you might have had some resistors uh, who wouldn't have accepted it. But even Hamas in 2000, what was it, 2005, they were willing to offer like a a generational ceasefire. We uh, 30 years ceasefire. We'll have a 30 year ceasefire. We'll leave it up to the next generation to settle this. Even Hamas was willing to do this in, in 2005 when they won the uh, legislative elections. But the Israelis have always wanted more. They've always wanted more. It's a double or nothing strategy. And now I don't, there is, I don't see any way that Israel is going to uh, come out of this with uh, what they could have easily had just by, uh, you know, abiding by UN resolutions and, and having peace. They are, they are going to be big losers in this, but we're, we're just about out of time. So I think it's time for you to wrap up the show, Paul. Yeah, I think just to encapsulate that, it's, you know, the Israelis, I believe, are in the process of biting off more than they can chew, and they're going to choke on it if they're not careful. In response in, in response to these sanctions, which probably none of them will ever be enacted, this is probably for domestic consumption, like you say, to make it look like uh, Biden's doing something. Netanyahu has responded, uh, there's no room for these U.S. sanctions. The vast majority of settlers are law-abiding citizens, and many of them are fighting these days to protect Israel. Israel's taking action against people who break the law everywhere, and therefore there's no room for unusual measures in this regard. Well, that's, that's, that's all right, then. He's going to take care of it, Patrick. So we needn't worry. Um, okay, well, thank you for joining me. A bit of a marathon. We've done a couple of shows back-to-back, and uh, appreciate you joining me, Patrick. Well, thank you for having me, Paul. Okay, great. And uh, I will be back again uh, next week in some form or another, either live or we'll do another uh, recorded show and probably do something live next week. But uh, until then, take care and God bless. Health Simple with Colorado Shilaji. Fact bit number one. What goes in must come out. Whatever we ingest, breathe in, or transfer by contact must be expelled. Expelled directly as burned calories through perspiration, respiration, or expelled via urinary and gastric channels. Every element that is not properly used or removed by our bodies become toxin. And toxins are causal to every disease and ailment. Toxins are what makes us subpar, unable to be our best. Be your healthy best by cleansing your body of daily, deeply embedded toxins. Live stronger, and we hope live longer. Legit Shilaji, like Colorado Shilaji, is perhaps the greatest homeopathic whole body remover of toxins made by Mother Earth. Our health is our only true wealth. Get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. Colorado Shilaji, hand harvest, raw processed, and packaged in the heart of the Rocky. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. This is RBN. The Republic Broadcasting Network.